Hey there, ladies. Welcome back to part two of our soul care series. If you have not heard part one, I strongly suggest you go ahead and listen to part one now because Jessica and I are jumping right into conversation as we go into part two. So I definitely don't want you all to miss the gems that you will definitely get from part one. So head on over there right now. For those of you ladies who know the deal, who have already listened to part one, let's jump right into the brand new episode. Welcome to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and this podcast is designed for the everyday woman who seeks to do more than just survive. You want to thrive. The goal is to inspire, empower, and encourage you as you find commonalities within my story and the stories of some extraordinary guests. Join me as we dive into this brand new episode. I think that's a narrative that we've had to live with for so long. Um, We've had to be strong in all of those different areas you listed. Strong as a little girl, because maybe we're made fun at school. Strong in our families. Um, strong in ministry. Strong at work. Str- like, we've always had to be just so, quote-unquote, strong. And I think if we are able to take off the cape for a second um, and just breathe, mm-hmm. then we will realize that all of those little stigmas, and they're not little, all of those big stigmas that are attached to us are their labels that other people have placed on us. But when we now begin to see ourselves through the lens and the eyes of Christ, we will say, you know what? I actually need to take care of my mental health. I actually need to take care of my physical body. I need to, and when when we, it's so different when you have a realization of your identity and who you are in Christ. Like you, you show up different. Your time is different. You spend your time different. You, your relationships are different. You're, it, it just spills over. And I think that when we begin to see ourselves through the eyes of Christ and through the eyes of scripture, as, as opposed to the eyes of culture, Amen. and it will shift. And so I would want to challenge women that are listening to begin to dig into the scripture and see who does Christ say I am? What does the word have has to say about me as opposed to what culture has to say about me has opposed as opposed to what auntie said, right? As opposed to what uncle did, as opposed to what your mom said, because a lot of the times we live according to those stigmas and culture is not just about um, external culture, but culture is the, your family right. culture. You know what I mean? Culture is is your 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 ethnic your ethnic your ethnical culture or whatever the thing or whatever the case may be, right? So it's like, no, I am a kingdom citizen and I am a kingdom ambassador and I am a daughter of God. And so what does he have has to say about me? What how do I align my life according to his word? And I believe that when we do that, we begin to eliminate um, and to begin to just disseminate and get rid of 
uh, uh, some of those labels and things like that. So, um, and stigmas, I would say uh, that that is a way to navigate. Through that. I love that so much um, because that has been the catalyst behind my journey was beginning mm-hmm. to see myself through God's point of view. And that's through his word. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, mm-hmm. like you said, so often we're battling things that we either were spoken over us, things that we yes. <laughs> went through um, because of the type mm-hmm. of culture we were born into the mm-hmm. whole strong black woman thing. And forget if you, if you are of Caribbean descent, it's like surpassed yes, strong sir. black woman. You're like a, a superhero <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> type of a thing yeah. where you're yeah. carrying your yeah. family on your back. Um, some of us are yeah. first generation uh, to go to college and some of us are first generation to buy a home. So there's all these pressures yeah. and different things that are placed upon us because we come from a people that went through a life tough, right? They struggled. They traveled from their home country to go into a whole yeah. different other nation where the language and all that stuff wasn't the same. And so there's a yeah. whole bunch of expectations placed upon us. And it's so true that if you don't take a moment to truly see yourself from God's point of view and what God says about you, you'll get lost in the sauce Mm -hmm. and you'll get overwhelmed and burnt out. And then you start looking at your life like, why am I even here? So thank you so much for sharing that. The other stigma with therapy that I would love to discuss is doing it before something bad happens Mm. like Mm -hmm. um like you said right preventative rather than you're in the storm already and here we go Mm -hmm. um i want to make sure to say this the right way going to therapy does not necessarily mean that you're crazy no not at all not even close okay because a lot (laughs) of times people think well you know i you're going to say, well, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, like, I think, flashed. yeah, I think that that narrative was painted by white supremacy. Mm. Right. So I, yeah, I think that that's, that's, that's what that narrative was. And I think there's been a decolonization of therapy and a decolonization of therapeutic spaces, particularly for black bodies. And so, um, we now have to construct as a community what therapy will look like for us. So I mm. know that the way that I'm going to be practicing therapy with my clients is not going to look like the white supremacist model at all. Because I realize, I mean, if the APA could apologize for the way in which they've been doing stuff, that means that the structure is faulty um, right. and it needs to be re- rebuilt um, and it needs to be restructured. And so I think we need to start uh, uh, approaching therapy like we do our physical health, right? Right. Like we do our dentist appointments, like we do a pap smear. Like we need to start approaching therapy like that. It is a mental checkup. And if we approach therapy in that way, it will be, it will, we will approach it so differently. So You know, if you don't go to the doctor for like three, four years, and then all of a sudden you're sick, it's like, oh man, I probably should have went to the doctor when I felt that pain. Or even before I felt that pain, I probably should have went to the doctor just for an annual checkup. How many times do they tell us to go to the gynecologist and all this kind of stuff? And then when we feel ill or something happens, we're like, well, I was like, oh man, I wish I had went. 
I just that's something that I'm convicted about because I don't go to check up my uh, physical health as opposed like woman physical health as much right. as I should. Um, but I think we should treat um, we should treat therapy like a routine mental health checkup. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And being someone that comes from the human resources background, I truly believe they should even have therapists on the job. Listen. Like every company yeah. needs to have a therapist on the job, yeah, yeah. just like they have therapists in schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that serious? Yeah. Because I, I believe at this point in, in time, we have a lot of hurt people yeah. um, who are struggling with identity who truly don't know who they are. And because of that, they are uh, behaving and reacting in the most negative manners that humanly possible. And it's time for a change. And conversations like this one, um, especially on a podcast like this, is something that I really wanted to have this year to really start encouraging and equipping and empowering women to say, you know what, it's time. It really is time to make a choice, a decision that is going to save your life mm-hmm. and not just yours, but the generations that yes, are attached to us. Right. Exactly, yeah. and, it, and it's so important because God is like, it's time. It's yeah. time. We we're, we can no longer do this whole survival mode thing. Because yeah. to me, survival mode is just you thinking about yourself and you're just trying to make it day to day. Right. Survival yeah. mode. You really not thinking about anybody else's life. Yeah. But that scripture that you quoted where Jesus said, I came to give life and life more abundantly. That should be every believer's goal. Yes. And this year I really want you ladies to take heed and take these conversations and really start to begin to do the work. It is imperative. This is life and death to me. Yeah. Um, it's so important to take care of ourselves, not just physically, but mentally. Yeah. Because it really starts in the mind, right? Yes. The, the book of Romans, like renewing your mind. Yeah. Because that's where it all begins. Yeah. yeah. And for me, therapy is that space where I can, um, especially with a Christian therapist, where I can go in there, sit in this chair and begin to that process of renewing my mind, especially on a deeper level. Yeah of those places that I never wanted to go yeah, um, because of the hurt and the pain and all that other stuff that was there because of the trauma. Mm-hmm. So whew, thank you so much for sharing that. Now the biggest stigma no problem. <laughs> that I want to shatter mm-hmm. in the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah, let's go. Let's is, do it. <laughs> is the stigma of Christians shouldn't need to go to therapy because we don't need that because we have the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and we have the Bible. Mm-hmm. Why is that a stigma that needs to be broken? You know, I don't know why. Because I guess it don't even make sense to me. I, not that I don't know why it should be broken. I don't know why it's a stigma. Period. Right. Like, it, that that just doesn't make sense to me. Because, like, okay, then don't have doctors, don't have dentists, don't have lawyers like let's just go to god for everything and just i'm not saying we're not going to god um you know for our mental health and and different situations but it's just like to me it just and i guess it's just the way my brain works it's just not a logical Mm -hmm. approach kind of thing um and so i think that stigma needs to be broken because it is clear that there needs to be a transformation it is clear Right. right like there's 
so many broken people in church. So many mm. broken people. I mean, church is filled with broken people. And I think that we've, so true. we've tried to add conferences and all this kind of stuff around. And, and it's it's almost like a cushion around the issue. We've cushioned the issue for so long. And I think now it's time to like stop cushioning the issue and to take it out of the box out of the closet, out of wherever little dark corner that we have it, dust off the the cobwebs off of it and all that kind of stuff and and deal with the issue. Listen, when the woman um with the issue of blood, she's dealing with that thing for 12 years and she's an outcast. And Jesus said, yes, immediately, you know, your faith has made you whole. There's so many scriptures. I think one of my favorite one was the woman of Samaria where Jesus literally was like reading up the woman. Like he was like prophesying to her, understanding her story. But what I think is so powerful about all of these stories is that Jesus healed, then he released. He healed, then he released. He healed, and then he released. I feel like too many people are released and they're not healed. Mm. Right? Right. in, In so many instances, and even as we talk about, even with the disciples, he spent so much time nurturing them, right? I think we need to start looking at therapy as, as, a, as a nurturing space, as a space of cultivating. He spent so many times nurturing them. And even when, this is such a perfect example, when they were, when they were at, this, at sea and they were at, um, the storm was coming and Jesus was asleep and they were afraid and everything was happening or whatever. And Jesus woke up and he was like, peace be still. And, 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 you know, he told them to, to be calm, like, it's going to be okay. Therapists do that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just a different context that we need to understand that we may not have Jesus physically walking on the earth, but we have his presence. And I feel like Jesus has blessed. Um, God has given people different gifts to do different things. And we just need to let people walk in their gifts. Thera- therapy, being a therapist, is a gift. There are people who have gone to school for it and they do it well, but that aspect to counsel somebody, to be intuitive, to be contemplative, to hold capacity, um, sorry, to hold space and have that capacity to hold space, that is a gift, right? Right. And we need to realize that and know that when when there's a Christian therapist or another therapist um, who's able to hold space for you in that moment, it's a powerful and nurturing thing. So I mean, I want us to to crush to crush the stigma because I think it's a ridiculous ridiculous one, um, and I think it's also an ignorant one, right? Yes. And um, the scripture says, "My people perish because of a lack of knowledge," and if people had a deeper understanding of therapy and and all those things, and some of these people that are talking about these things, they need a therapy session themselves, but. You know, that's, <laughs> so true. that's a whole different story. But I hope that that, that adequately um, answered answered the question. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, from the aspect as you were speaking, I was like, man, therapy re- reminds me a lot of deliverance. Listen, sis, that's what it is. It, it, is, it really is. Yeah. It's, it's just another form of deliverance. Yes. I think sometimes people see deliverance as the oil and yes. the person dropping to the floor yes. and gyrating and spitting and vomiting all <laughs> over the place. But there are types of different types of deliverance. Yes. I truly believe therapy holds a yes. space in that area because 
we need deliverance all the time. Listen. Like I know like <laughs> deliverance is a necessary part of a believer's uh, walk. Yeah. It's the constantly, that's why the Bible says examine yourself daily to daily. see if you're in the faith. Yes. And there are some times where the enemy blocks our ability or that trauma blocks our ability to examine. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's where the therapy comes into play especially a a believer comes into play because the holy spirit is working through that therapist and being able to examine that area and say hey see that right there yeah (laughs) let's go deep yeah and so that's what it reminds me of yeah if if someone needed a a a spiritual word to apply to Mm -hmm. therapy it really is deliverance yeah it really is yeah no i agree because like i come from a very uh traditional um apostolic pentecostal background and like we have these conferences and conventions and like you have young people will come to the altar we lay hands on them they're struggling they fall out and then it's the same it's a cycle and then they come to the altar every year and then by the time they get to a certain age they're just not in church anymore right right and so i feel like if we had various therapeutic models of healing uh to support people on those journeys i feel like our churches would look a lot different right absolutely we talk about generations and and young people leaving church they're leaving church because you know of course there's a lot of different things one of those things is like we're not giving them the tools to cope and to live they're going to go find it elsewhere right Mm -hmm. and so if they're going to go find it elsewhere and some of them they would have left the church to go find therapy, but we could have had the therapy in the church for them. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Absolutely. This is so good. Um, And I hope and pray that it was eye-opening for some of you ladies who have been struggling in um, the thought of getting a therapist and maybe the shame of it. I want to just encourage you to cast that shame away. Shame That's is right. just another... um another thing that the enemy uses to block us That's right. from getting the necessary help that we need. Forget what people are going to say about you. Forget what people are going to think. This is all about you getting the necessary help to be the best version of you, the person that the Lord created you to be. That's right. Oh my goodness. So thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing what you shared tonight. I do have some more questions for you though. So I hope you're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No one way. of the uh, biggest questions that I have for you is faith and therapy. Mm-hmm. So they can absolutely coexist. Absolutely. So share with the ladies all about soul care, Christian counseling, and consulting. Okay. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a Christian uh a therapy practice. Um, as you guys have already heard all throughout this, I'm a Bible-believing, tongue-talking, um, Bible-living girl, right? Amen. Um, and so my my heart's desire is to um, apply biblical principles um, within, within the therapeutic model. Um, and really, my, my objective is to disciple folk to be honest, like, it's leading people back to the cross, like, that's, that's my whole objective, uh, through, through this practice, um, it is based in Christ-centered and, um, Afrocentric principles, so not only is it Christ-centered, but it's very, uh, the, my values and my model, um, is very specific 
to individuals of African and Caribbean descent, so Black folk, um, mm. because I found, so in, and I think I mentioned this before, but um, in 2016, when I was finishing up my master's program, um, we had to do a research paper. I did mine on the role of social work in the Black church. And mm. um, my findings, one of, I had lots of different findings, but one of my major findings included the fact that there was not enough mental health support um, in the church for people of African and Caribbean descent. Um, mm. And so there needed to be a space for that. But even when you go through like different theories, like um, there's the emancipation theory, the Africana critical theory, uh, black feminist theory, all of these different things. Um, and there was one specific that I can't remember on top of my, on top of my head, but essentially when you look at the fundamentals of social work, it was not created or, okay, let me put it this way. Social, the term social work was coined um, by uh, this woman. I think her name is Jane Adams. who's a white woman. But the work of social work was already being done by Black folk in Black communities. Mm. Like this aspect of community work and supporting folks um, in the community. And that's a model that I personally adhere to. Um, and another thing that I found even just working in the space as a frontline worker is that white therapists didn't know how to embed spirituality into their practice for Black folk um, because spirituality is important to us. So whether we're a Christian, Muslim, whatever, um, the African diaspora, we come with spirituality. I mean, for, you know, for the purposes of this podcast, we're Christian women, so we adhere to that, but they don't know how to, they never knew how to embed it and so they will just push it to the side kind of thing. It's like, oh, okay, well, we're going to just stick to this model um, and we're going to just give you some exercises or whatever. Mm. But spirituality is a huge component. Um, and so because I'm a Christian, I'm like, okay, well, spirituality is huge. I adhere to uh, Christian principles. I'm going to fuse the two together. Um, so that, that's pretty much the, the crux of, of Soul Care Christian Counseling. Um, my values are spiritual care, um, community, mindfulness, um, body care. There's a few more, I can't remember all of them, although I should <laughs> okay. remember. And, um, and um, you know, my specialties include like trauma, identity, transition, uh, stress, anxiety, depression, um, all those different things. So it's just really working with my community to really help them to get to a healthy place. And for me, it's really about generational healing um, because I believe that if my mom and my dad as well were able to get some of the healing components and therapeutic help that I'm able and others are able to, to give to um, our community now, that I probably and my brothers would not have had to have gone through some of the traumas that we did. So, so it's not true. just about today, but it's also about tomorrow. I'm a Amen. huge believer of healed people heal people. So, Amen. Yeah. So true. So mm -hmm. true. I love that. So how can the ladies connect with you? Is it just, are you just doing it in the Toronto area? Is it something that people can contact you for your services, even if they're in the States? Yes. So there is probably some stipulations with that in terms of um, practicing outside of the country. Right. Um, but we can figure that out. Like it's not a stumbling block or a barrier. 
Uh, so please, yeah, feel free to connect with me. You can check out my website uh com, and i know americans spell counselor with one l but canadians spell it with two l's okay um, yeah so it's the soul care counselor uh com. american and canadian spelling is different sometimes okay and then you can find me on instagram at i am she speaks truth and as casey mentioned before i have a podcast called uh, She Speaks Truth. So you can find me at any of those three uh, mediums and we can connect and we can take it from there. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I do have one final question for you. No problem. And it's a question that I ask every single guest that comes on Being Eve. Mm -hmm. And that is, tell me one thing that you can find in common with Eve. Listen, this is a hard one for me (laughs) because I'd be wanting to just slap Eve sometimes, particularly when um, I am experiencing lots of pain. Yes, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And she's like, what's wrong with you, Eve? Uh, what's going on, girl? I think what I can find in common with Eve is the fact that the grace of God will reach you wherever you're at. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, regardless of God is so amazing um and I think regardless of Eve's mistake God you know still found favor on her it still had mercy on her there was still grace he and I think that's the biggest thing for me it's like regardless of wherever you're at oh this is a good one thank you Holy Spirit when Eve and and Adam you know did their little thing and they were hiding God went looking for them. He's like, yo, what's going on? Kind of thing. And mm. I feel like sometimes we we cover ourselves up in, you know, work and all of these different things. Um, when beneath the surface is trauma, hurt, shame, all of these things. And I just feel like in the midst of that, the Holy Spirit is just searching for you. Like there's there's a relentless Amen. pursuit um, of you. And um, I want us to remember that, you know what I mean? That even though Eve made her mistakes and Eve, you know, slipped up or whatever, she had her own little things that the Holy Spirit or God is still in relentless pursuit of you. So it doesn't matter how far you've gone, doesn't matter the biggest mistake you've made or we've made or what we've done. His love is unending. It is never ending he is faithful he is kind he is a good good father so yeah that would be my answer amen and i love it relentless pursuit oh my goodness and it is so true he is always on a relentless pursuit for us thank you so much jessica for spending time with me this evening i mean this was such a blessing to me and i know that it was it's going to bless the listeners when this podcast episode releases. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, ladies, feel free to please connect with Jessica. Her links will be in the show notes as well. Do not miss this opportunity to once again, make a decision to be the greater version mm-hmm. of thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Hey ladies, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this message. Hey girl, have you gotten your copy of Being Eve in Adam's World? No? Well, what are you waiting for? This book is a revelatory interpretation of the very first woman to ever walk the face of the earth. Although Eve's story is very brief, there is so much to be learned from her. Heck, the podcast was named after her. When you open up the very first chapter of this book, you will begin to travel through Eve's journey, a voyage of discovery that reveals the life of every woman in some way, shape, or form. At the end of each chapter, you will also find lessons from Eve to you. Each lesson derived from her personal experiences will be a guiding light on how to thrive in Adam's world. So get your copy of Being Eve in Adam's World today. You'll find the link in the show notes. So ladies, what did you think about this amazing series? Make sure to drop me a DM or message me and let me know. I would love to hear your feedback and your thoughts on this amazing guest. I hope you all took great notes and grabbed as many heart gems as possible so that it will not just last you for today, but for a lifetime as you emerge into the woman that God has created you to be. Well, until next time, ladies, I will see you next week. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with Being Eve and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last but certainly not least, ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.